Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com save. Betterhelp.com save. Got it. Some call it insight. Others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from, from a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture and whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything. What will help you succeed today and tomorrow? Open yourself to a new perspective and open the possibilities. Consider everything. BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com slash go independent. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. guest is an NFL staff writer for The Athletic, providing in-depth video analysis for the Raiders, 49ers, and other NFL teams. His experience as a football coach and researcher provide him with a unique perspective when breaking down film of football team strategies, personnel, and draft prospects. You can always find him on Twitter and his fantastic work there, at FB underscore film analysis, and he's got into the podcasting game. That's right. He started his own show, The Coffee House Stunt, and you can find that on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere you can find your uh, podcast app. So please welcome back to Raiders Fan Radio, Ted Nguyen. Welcome, Ted. Hey, how's it going, guys? Glad to be back on. Hey, glad to have you. It's been a been a little bit since since we've had you. You're like uh, you're now like the KG veteran reporter of Raiders Fan Radio. This is like uh, your third or fourth time joining us, I believe. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a vet on this uh, <laughs> this show now. I think. <laughs> well, thank you very much for uh, for joining us here today. Uh, you know, you've always Ted been an awesome resource as far as like breaking down film and studying players and teams and their techniques and uh, and we got to know you because you started off covering just the Raiders and really just doing it almost as a fan weren't you yeah, yeah I, I did it just as a fan had my own blog um, just a, a few of my friends uh, encouraged me to do it just because they always ask me a bunch of football questions uh, so I, I did it for fun and it it kind of grew and you know people wanted to read what I was writing and eventually I was able to make it a full-time job and I've been uh, loving it ever since. 
That's awesome, man. Well, you, you, you know, again, such an awesome resource for that. We got to, we got to know you and just familiar with your blog back then and how in depth and that you got with it. And so, yeah, to, to see you now on, on, on the bigger stage doing it is just awesome. And congratulations uh, to you on that. So you went uh, last week, you were down uh, for the athletic covering the senior bowl. Tell me a little bit, just kind of your, your general takeaway of the event. Yeah, it was, it was my first senior bowl. I've uh, always heard a lot of good things about it. Everybody is always like, oh, you got to go, got to go to the Senior Bowl. And you know, I, I didn't know what the big deal was just because, you know, it, it was an all-star game, just a lot of all-star games. But when you go down there, there's just so many NFL people there. There's, uh, there's all these people, you know, all these great analysts that you uh, you meet on Twitter and you, you talk to them for years and you never meet them. And you, get, you finally get a chance to have a drink with everybody and uh, meet everybody face-to-face. And like I said, you get to network with a bunch of NFL coaches, scouts. Uh, you get to really see some uh, some guy, some high-profile prospects uh, practice. So it was just a really cool experience overall, and I'm definitely coming back next year. That's awesome. So, again, you're an expert on studying film. You're studying players, the breaking down mechanics, breaking down techniques, breaking down strategies by coaches. What did you see? Tell me a little bit about uh, like maybe some of the wide receivers, and we'll get into a little bit some of the needs of the Raiders here in a minute, but I, I know you're kind of an expert on, on on wide receivers and even quarterbacks as well, but what did you see wide receiver-wise? What who did Give me like a, a sleeper, somebody that, that, that stood out to you, maybe that you weren't anticipating uh, having them get your attention going in. Uh, there were, I think the wide receiver group was actually the strongest group uh, as far as uh, just playing as a consistent uh, positional group. I think they just dominated, and not a lot of people expected that. Uh, there was there weren't a lot of big names on a roster uh, on the wide receiver roster, but uh, guys like Terry McC- uh, McCollin from Ohio State, he really shined. He was kind of seen as a special teams guy coming in. He didn't have much production at Ohio State for whatever reason, but he came in and he just cooked everybody with his uh, his long speed. He looks like he's going to be a four three four four guy. Uh, he caught everything during the practices. I don't think he dropped one pass, and uh, he was getting some bad balls thrown his way. The quarterback um, class at the Senior Bowl did not uh, really perform too well. Um, and I know he had a couple drops in the game, but in practice, he was just very impressive catching the ball, running routes, uh, d- doing everything. What did you think about the uh, the little guy from UMass? He ended up with a bunch of Raiders stickers on his helmet, at, like uh, Terry McLaurin, the Ohio State guy you just mentioned. What what do you, what do you think about what, what do you think about him? He's like five eight, like also real quick guy, slot receiver. Uh, Andy Isabella. Did what did you think about him? So. I I got in a little bit. I mean, so UMass Twitter got on me a little bit because Uh-oh. I I, <laughs> I brought up a couple of concerns with uh, Andy Isabella and his practice performances, uh, and I only brought these concerns up because as Isabella is seen as uh, there's a lot of hype coming coming in with Isabella, and originally everybody thought he was five ten, measured in at five eight, and I. I've been guilty in the past of falling in love with little slot receivers just because I, I love what Wes Welker and Julian Edelman, those guys do did for the Patriots offense and, and Welker with uh, Manning and, and the Broncos. And I've always been trying to look for this, uh, the next good slot receiver. I just think um, they they boost an, can boost an offense so much. And uh, I've seen a bunch of these receivers fail in the NFL that I thought were going to do well. 
And the big two things with those type of receivers, those j- smaller jitterbug receivers, is sometimes they take too long to run their routes. They add too much funk to their routes, and it's unrealistic in a real game. They might look great in one-on-ones when they're beating guys, but those kind of routes you can't run in games because they take too long for a quarterback to uh, to sit back there and you know w- stare you down and wait for you to run those routes. And the second thing is catch radius. He again, Isabel is five eight. Uh, and he was catching a lot of passes with his body, uh, which means that he probably isn't going to extend for balls very much. So when you're a five eight and you don't have much, a lot of length, and you're body catching, those are two areas of concern. And I'm not saying that Isabella is going to fail, and I don't like him as a prospect. I have to actually watch him a lot more. Uh, but I just brought those two things up as concerns because I saw those things in practice. So they were main concerns for me. Again, I'm going to go watch him more. But I maybe I'm not as high as him as um, as some other uh, draft analysts out there. You mentioned the quarterbacks. You mentioned how uh, it was a little bit maybe unimpressive in some of the the guys there. Were, were they overhyped? Were guys like uh, Drew Locke and uh, was it Jones out of Duke? Were they uh, were they overhyped? And was that probably the most overhyped position out of all the ones that you saw down there? Yeah, I, I guess it depends where the hype comes from. Because they have. They have big names. Like everybody knows who Will, Will Greer is. Everybody knows who Drew Locke is. Uh, but a lot, a lot. I think a lot of people came into this game thinking this is kind of an underwhelming class as far as uh, their NFL prospects uh, are. Drew Locke might be the highest rated of all of them, or Dan- and Daniel Jones. Uh, but you you want to see consistent progress from those guys. And uh, one, most of those guys were all in shotgun predominantly in um in college and Gruden and Shanahan are uh more pro style they run a lot under center um most of their offense from under center and these guys just didn't have enough time to really um f- you work on their footwork and it showed up in practice they're just wildly inconsistent uh with their accuracy and their timing so one the talent wasn't great coming to the senior bowl and two uh just some of those quarterbacks were just really uncomfortable under center. Will Greer uh, is, was probably the the biggest example of quarterback that just did not look comfortable learning these drops. So I, I was pretty underwhelmed by um, by the quarterback performances at the Senior Bowl. I think most people would agree with that. Are are these like are we talking like mid to late round guys ultimately? I mean, somebody maybe moves up to take a shot at somebody like Drew Locke, maybe even Jones, like you said. But is other than that, are we just talking? I mean, where does like a Trace McSorley go? Is that a fourth round pick as a project by the Raiders kind of a thing? Um, well, I think Locke is going to go. Uh, Locke will probably end up in the first round, um, just because he his ta- arm talent is maybe comparable to Josh Allen's arm talent. He's just the ball just flies from his hand, but he he has so many problems as far as a mechanical standpoint and being able to play under pressure. Same with Tyree Jackson. If with for me, Tyree Jackson would be a guy that goes late, but I could see a team falling in love with his talent and maybe taking a mid round flyer on him. And honestly, I think um, what was the name you just mentioned? Um, in your question, a Trace McSorley from Penn yeah, State. I, yeah, I think Trace McSorley might be undraftable. I mean, wow. he just he misses so many passes, and he's he's already got the hype thing going against him. And at Penn State, when I, wa- I watched him, he had he had a great career, but he had so much talent around him, and there were just so many opportunities that he missed. Uh, that 
I know he's a gamer. He he competes hard, but I just I don't, I can't see him uh, doing well in the NFL. And I hope he proves me wrong. But that's just um, what I've seen from him. So what? So aside from uh, you know, Gruden talked a lot about some of the like maybe the intangibles that coaches can learn uh, from coaching an event like this. So aside from those things that jump off the tape at you, what else can coaches? Uh, what else can you take from this as far as is this just getting to know these guys as, as, as players and as people and as off the field? And what is it when he mentions that that in, those intangibles, what, what, what kind of stuff is he talking about there? Yeah, I think for uh, quarterback evaluations, being in those meeting rooms is extremely important because you see exactly how intelligent these guys are, how well they're picking up the scheme, uh, how well they're developing from a mental standpoint. And you don't get to see that just by looking at the film. That's that's another big part of the valuation that a lot of um, us amateur analysts are missing is seeing how these guys perform in the classroom. And that's so important uh, for the quarterback position. So just being in there and you know trying to install your offense and seeing how well guys retain from day to day to day, how their classroom mannerisms are, are extremely important in the evaluation for that position. What'd you think of that film room they had down there in that in that ballroom where they had the what like six or seven giant screens and the different uh, scouts grouped up together in there? Did you get a chance to hang out in there and study any of the film? Uh, I did a little bit, but I had to do so much writing, and um, I was expecting because they promised us to send us the film because day two was um, going to be you know they had their indoor facility and not all of us were allowed in there, so they yeah. emailed. A bunch of us said we're going to get the film, so I was just expecting them to do it, and I didn't really check out the scout room too much. Uh, but I, I I did get to check it out. That was pretty cool, uh, seeing all those different rooms, projector and all that. I, I would love to have one of those in my house. <laughs> That's what I thought when I saw that. I'm like, I'll bet somebody like Ted just like freaks out in a place like this where it's just nonstop film. Like, it's like Disney World or something. Where it's like you got screens all the way around you, you know, and, and all the different teams. I saw John Dorsey bumping around in there, and all, I'm like, this is craziness. Like, this is this was too cool. So – set us up a little okay so we talk a lot about quarterbacks and you know the you know some of the comments that came out from the senior bowl from gruden about maybe the the height thing maybe he'll reevaluate how he looks at quarterbacks and height because of the play of of, of guys like russell uh, wilson and baker mayfield and whatnot let, let me just ask you point blank is and because you study a lot of film and i know you've studied this guy a lot and and we debate as fans all the time whether he is or isn't well what do you think is Derek carr a good quarterback I think he is. I think he has. Um, I think I was higher on him uh, during his during the 2016 campaign, but I also knew he had room to grow. And unfortunately, he didn't take those steps to um, growing, developing as a quarterback. And a lot of that had to do with uh, bad coaching, with Todd Downing, a lot of injuries and things that happened in 2017. I, I do think that he was being held back uh, or he was being a little cautious after his injury. Uh, but he did take some positive steps in 2000, uh, last year, uh, 2018. Uh, and it didn't show up in the numbers, but just because he had to play, uh, he never had to face that much pressure in his career before. And I think he really developed um, playing under pressure and he made a lot of good plays where he might not have made that in 2017. Uh, so I think that, uh, he does have potential to be that franchise quarterback, but just he hasn't played that way in the last couple of years because of a lot of factors. Uh, I think that the Raiders will give him next year to really prove that he's the franchise guy 
Uh, hopefully they get a better protection of a year under the system. And we saw that when he did have protection in Gruden's system, that there is a lot of potential for uh, Carr and Gruden, uh, Gruden's partnerships. So uh, we'll find out in 2019. I think um, he's really going to get a fair shot to next year. What is it that you see on the film? Is it decision-making? Is it mental stuff? Or is it actual physical traits, the footwork and things like that, that, that jump out at you that kind of tells you that, that, uh, that he's still improving? Uh, he, it's his play under pressure. Mostly, um, there was times where he was just checking the ball down too quick, not being aggressive enough. Um, uh, but there you know, later as a year progressed, he was holding onto the ball and breaking out the pocket when necessary. He cut down on his turnovers dramatically. Uh, he's thrown a lot of interceptions in the beginning of the year and he, he cut that down. Um, but he's just a very intelligent quarterback. That's one of his greatest traits. And uh, he has an ability to make quick decisions. And if you mix that up with the ability to make plays when the play breaks down, then you have something. You have a franchise quarterback. And he started doing that towards the end of the, uh, last year. And I hope to see that continue and uh, hope he starts off strong in 2019. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, we won't be sensitive to your time here. So we got, I got just a couple more quick ones for you before we let you go. What does the team do well? We, we talk a lot about what the Raiders need, and they're glaring. There are lots of holes on this team, but aside from Derek Carr, what, is the, what does the team do well right now? What do they, they set on? I think the secondary played a lot better towards the end of the year. Gary Conley looks like a guy uh, that could be a, a top corner in this league. And um, when he came into the – while in the draft process, I compared him to uh, Patrick, Peterson, uh, Patrick Peterson, who's one of the top corners in the league – uh, I don't think he's quite as athletic as Patrick Peterson, but his movement skills are comparable. And uh, we saw some of that last year when he finally got consistent playing time. And uh, I, I think when you know they settled on who who's going to be the starters, they got Carl Joseph some PT. Um, Reggie Nelson got out of the lineup. The secondary started play, started playing a lot better, and they didn't really have a great pass rush to help them. Uh, so that's an encouraging thing to look for next year. I think they ran the ball pretty well at times and again if they could get some better protection from Carr, the offenses looked really good when they were able to protect the quarterback uh so those are two things to look forward to in 2019 so then uh, with, with those kind of areas being set so bust out your crystal ball what do the raiders do with the, the as an overall draft strategy in this first round is it all defense uh pass rush and what do you what do you think there i, I think they need a lot of help all around so i i Definitely Pat, uh, finding an edge rusher is going to be um, paramount, and I think that they'll, somebody will fall, somebody good will follow them uh, for Nick Bosa's probably gone, but they might have a chance at Allen. Uh, so, yeah, they definitely need to find a good edge rusher. Uh, they need to find a weapon offensively, whether it's going to be one of the, the top wide receivers with one of those uh, later first-round draft picks. There's, this is a very tight-end, rich draft class. Uh, Jared Cook is not a he's not resigned yet. I know the Gruden's expressed interest in resigning him. So getting one, one maybe one of those Iowa tight ends later in the draft, even if you resign Cook, have you know being able to have two tight ends um, could be could make this offense a lot more dynamic. Uh, I think you need to find some right tackle competition. I know Brandon Parker did some good things last year, but he just did not play well enough for me to just comfortably go into. Uh, the the season with just him and Donald Penn. I, I want to see them add some uh, competition at right tackle uh, group. Um, and yeah, I just think that 
and linebacker, obviously, but you're you're in a position where you can just really take the best player available, uh, take that philosophy, and I think that um, this is a good draft for a lot what a lot of the Raiders needs. When you said tight ends, it made me think of another player down there. Did you get a chance to look at Foster Moreau out of LSU? Did you see him play at all? And what do you think about him as a as maybe a, a you know somewhere out of the first round that the Raiders take a shot on? I did. I saw Moreau. He made, he made a couple good plays. Uh, but I think yeah, he could definitely be a, a mid round guy. But he just doesn't jump off the page as far as athleticism for me. Okay. Uh, one guy that I thought looked like well I, I i know he's the most explosive tight end there uh doesn't mean that he's the best tight end uh, at the senior bowl but i thought uh josh oliver from san jose state looks really explosive hey, cool. uh, that's a guy that i want to study a little bit more but he he looks like he has some wheels he looks he has this comparable body to jared cook i don't know if he's quite as fast cook ran a four or five as combine but he looks like a really explosive player that's awesome. Hey, anytime we can pick up a, a Bay Area guy, man, I love that stuff, right? Uh, all right, so so before we let you go, Ted, uh, let's let's t- talk a little bit about what's what's next for you. You know, we got this stadium thing that changes day to day. We know you're an East Bay guy. Uh, so what's what's on the horizon for you? Are you going to be able to, obviously, you're, are you going to stay with the team regardless this year? And then what happens next year? And just kind of give us a uh, a little bit of, of, of what's going on with Ted what, what, over your next year or so. Uh, well, I, I started my own podcast. I, I told you a little bit, uh, a little bit about it before uh, we started, uh, the Coffee House Stunt, and uh, that's been pretty cool to just try something new. And uh, yeah, I'm going to keep covering the Raiders and Niners next year for the Athletic Bay Area. I've been doing uh, work uh, on a national team and covering the league on a, on a wider scope, but I always um, have, you know, I always at least cover the, the Raiders and Niners once a week at the very least. Um, and you know, I'm a Raider fan at heart. Uh, they're growing, they're going to Vegas. Uh, so I'll probably still be covering them from a film perspective. Maybe I won't be able to make it out to practices or, uh, make it out to games as much. Uh, but I mean, I, I just don't have much plans, uh, besides next year. So, uh, we'll see what happens when they go to Vegas. Good deal. Well, I, I hope you're able to keep it up, man. We're, we're a big fan of your work. You've always been, uh, incredibly gracious with your time with us here on, on this show, uh, regardless of what your responsibilities have been in, in reporting. And so we're, we're always very thankful to you for, for being willing to do that. And, and your work is great, man. And anybody that, that doesn't follow you on Twitter, definitely follow him. It's at FB underscore film analysis. Ted mentioned his new podcast. That is the coffee house stunt. And you can find that on Apple podcast. You can find that on Stitcher. Uh, just look for it there and look forward to, to checking your out, your new podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Ted. And I appreciate the breakdown of, of uh of all the players and uh and go raiders thank you and uh, one more thing i apologize for not meeting up with you guys at senior bowl i i really try to carve some time out but it, was, it just got too crazy uncle mosh said he's like what's up with ted he stood us up i, said, I don't know i'll ask him about it <laughs> no no worries no worries we, we figured you got, got got busy and it was you know it was crazy down there it was you know i was only able to spend one full day down there and it was it was amazing i mean it, i'd never seen such a confluence of scouts and players and coaches and i mean it was just it's it's bananas and it's all pretty in a relatively confined area which was surprising to me too yeah pretty pretty cool stuff so now nah, no, no worries at all okay awesome uh, hopefully next year i'll catch you guys all right sounds good look forward to it ted we'll see you down there all right bye all right buddy bye-bye all right 
boys and girls, pay attention. You got your old Uncle Mosh here with an update. That's right. I got some stuff for you. Take out a piece of paper, a pencil, a pen. Ah, heck, use your pocket knife and carve the info into your dashboard as you're driving down the highway. First off, you need to like us on our fan page on Facebook. That's right. Go to Facebook at Raiders Fan Radio Podcast. Don't forget about the Twitter. You know your old Uncle Mosh. He twits now. That's right. Go to at Raiders Fan Radio. Also, don't forget the Instagram at Raiders Fan Radio. Or what about our website? That's right, RaidersFanRadio.com. Heck, if you wanted to, you if you wanted to, if you want to, you can even email us show at RaidersFanRadio.com or call us. On the Raiders Fan Radio Hotline, 909-345-3346. That's 909-345-3346. Don't forget Merv's Fan Cave on the YouTube where you can get all the show links like the Fan Club Blitz with Splatterhead and Fitz. Find all our stuff on podcast providers like Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. All right, did I hit the time limit? Good. This holiday season, you know what I have on my wish list? Adventure. That's why I got a new Honda during the Happy Honda Day sales event. They have a whole lineup of rugged, all-wheel drive SUVs, CRV, Pilot, Passport. But at the end of the day, I drove off in a new HRV with a bunch of safety features. And best of all, I got it on clearance. So don't just sit around knitting an ugly holiday sweater. See your local Honda dealer for Happy Honda Day's clearance pricing today. This holiday season, you know what I have on my wish list? Adventure. That's why I got a new Honda during the Happy Honda Day sales event. They have a whole lineup of rugged, all-wheel drive SUVs, CRV, Pilot, Passport. But at the end of the day, I drove off in a new HRV with a bunch of safety features. And best of all, I got it on clearance. So don't just sit around knitting an ugly holiday sweater. See your local Honda dealer for Happy Honda Day's clearance pricing today. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.